0: Second letter
1: I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat, so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the God in for him. And the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found.
2: The Gospel of the Lord.
1: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Such a familiar story. We often refer to it as the story of the prodigal son, but as Professor Amy Jill Levine pointed out, he... We limit these stories when we give them names because it's actually a story about the whole family. It's not really just about the son. Other sermons we often hear about this too ask us to figure out who we are in the story and many of us, self-included, often relate to the older brother. How many of you are the older brother in the story? Yeah, lots of people are the older brother in the story. (laughs) I'm going to suggest today that we might be the younger brother, each of us. So let's just hold that thought. To start with, we don't actually know why he left, it, right? He could have been bullied by the older brother. Maybe he had a really good idea for a startup. That's Maybe he wanted to go to college and join a fraternity and not stay home on the farm and go into the family business. Maybe it was simply youthful arrogance, a sense of adventure. Maybe he was gay. Maybe he was a big city boy stuck in a small town. I think the story is more powerful and more hopeful and more challenging than this. It's not
3: simply a matter of being knocked out
1: and then coming to turned toward home, chastened and prepared to be penitent, to be honest, to be honest about his life, his abilities,
4: his
3: limitations, his
1: hopes,
4: his needs,
1: and his desire not to be alone. When he came to himself in his need, That's when he got clear about who he was, what the next best steps were. And then he collected himself again and headed for home. So this phrase really resonated for me this week. And one of the reasons is that it's very rare in the Bible to have anything that tells us about someone's inner life There's lots of stories, there's lots of dialogue, and preachers self-included, of course, infer a lot of things from those stories and and that dialogue. But here we actually have a statement in the text about somebody's inner life. He came to So I think
4: this idea is important and I want to focus
1: today on us as individuals, but it also has communal implications. How does Trinity Church in Concord come to itself? Frankly, right? how does that nation come to itself to tell the truth about our abilities and our limitations? So again, I want to make this distinction between coming to as awareness and finding ourselves right back in the same place, digging in our heels even deeper, holding on even tighter, doing whatever it is the thing that we do, <clears throat> denial, isolation, overwork, over-scheduling ourselves and our children. None of us can do that. Only Jesus does that. Only Jesus can do that. And he did, and he does. So the second part of coming to is important this way. Jesus tells us that the young man came to himself. Came to himself. What does it mean to come to yourself? This might be different for different people, but here are some suggestions.
2: I think to come to oneself is to have an honest
3: acceptance of who and where you are right
1: now. Right now.
3: just before we started
1: the service, I heard about somebody who fell and broke a hip yesterday. Probably not happy, but if this person comes to themselves this morning, they know what they're facing. They know what the next best step is. An honest acceptance of who I am right now. And
2: the corollary to that is clarity about
1: You're not slough the pigs at his father's farm. That was an anger for him. Maybe people don't have healthy families that they can turn to. So what is your anger? Your friends? This church community? Your prayer life? Your relationship with God? For some people it's a beloved pet. What's the anger? What's the thing that helps you stay grounded In yourself. And finally, and this one's important, particularly for us what piece, what piece of this world is yours to repair? Because remember, the whole big ball of wax, only Jesus can hold that.
2: Holy Jesus.
1: But there's a beautiful concept that comes from our Jewish brothers and sisters. This concept of tikkun olam, repairing the world. And embedded in this idea of tikkun olam is that each one of us has just a small slice of that responsibility. We have to do it. It's our responsibility before God. But we don't take on the whole thing. Because one
4: of the problems with
1: thinking that you can take on the whole thing, my friends, is that there's too much. And so then it becomes an excuse not to do anything. The part of coming to yourself is figuring out, Who am I? What are my gifts? What are my actual, real limitations, thanks be to God? And therefore, discerning what is your part? What is your part? That only you can do. Because of the unique gifts and limitations and configuration of your most wonderful, special, unique self. And came to himself. And she came to herself.
4: So he goes.
1: And as he's approaching the house, the young man's mother sees him coming, and he runs out to meet him.
4: This son of mine was dead and is alive again.
1: That's how important this is, my friends. To not be yourself is to be dead. To let those barriers break down so that you're trying to do
2: it all and your business is all enmeshed in other people's business
1: Until you come to yourself. That's death. The new life comes when we claim who we are. When we claim who we are for ourselves. To come to oneself is to be alive. truest way. So if you were paying attention to the lectionary readings, you can see that they were all pointing toward this statement. This son of mine was dead and is alive again. Hallelujah! Christ is risen! The Lord is risen! not even supposed to say those words yet, right? We still have a couple of more weeks. But the good news is, no. No. We're rejoicing right now. One of the reasons we're wearing the beautiful pink vestments today is it speaks into this truth that the joy and the delight is present always. It's present always. My life that the baptismal font is back there, that's the marker for us. That's the reminder. When you walk past there, every time you walk into this place, we're reminded that we are brothers and sisters with Christ, and brothers and sisters with one another, and that death has been overcome. There is new life. There is new life. So treat your life with care.
4: And tell yourself the truth. Love hopes all things and bears all things, right? I love that. Believe
2: it. Easter is coming.
1: Easter is good. Amen.
4: Chris and Sarah, Claudia, Colby, Lou, Alex, Betsy, George, Lydia, John, Claire, I ask your prayers for could this guest, especially a note, close friend of Audrey. Pray for those who have died. Praise God for those in every generation in whom Christ has been honored.
3: Pray that.
1: very powerful personal
4: wonderful lunch that we have every so often. It will be across the street um, at my home, 56th Elm Street. And I have invitations in the back. If any of you have not received one and would like to come, it's for the people who come over the past couple of months. Or if you missed out on one altogether, you're most welcome. But I'd love to know that you're coming so we can plan. And one of uh, please, wear your are tag. please visit the welcome table. Uh, Debbie and Larry Star for taking photographs in the parlor, and we'd love to have you have your pictures taken if they have them so they can go in the parents' directory. Thank you.
1: So if you are visiting with us today, we're especially glad you're here. Trinity folks, please extend the warm hand and welcome to all of those sitting around you. That's how we get to know one another in this beloved community. And always, remember that at this table at God's table. There are no outcasts, no strangers, and no unwanted guests. All are welcome to come and feast at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. So please, to come and do fed. Let us walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave Himself as an offering and sacrifice.
3: Love now before the Lord. Look mercifully on this your family, Almighty God, that by your great goodness you may be governed and preserved evermore. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your mind and heart in the knowledge and love of God, of God's Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, be amongst you and remain.